bother with you. Do know what the fuck what? kind of shit <laughs> research have you been doing? <laughs> Damn, very good. Yeah. You're born. <laughs> Damn, I'm like tapping my shit. Yeah, no, got tapping. Like, he's good. He's an investigative reporter. Shit. Um, well, I just want people to know the whole Vanessa story. I think that's groovy. Some of that was talking about how I didn't want to make it until a certain period in my life. Really written this in some journals. I had prayed about it. You know, just all this different stuff. And I'd ask God to please don't let me make it. Don't let me make millions. Don't let me have a sitcom. None of that great stuff until I get off child support. That wow. was my prayer. Won't and he do it? Won't he do it? And the funny thing is, I just got off recently. Hello. This is your favorite host, Joel Byers, and you know what time it is. Hot breath. <gasps> oh, that old familiar sound that lets you know you're back home in the hot breath of Welcome back, all my hot brethren and sistren. Welcome aboard all our newcomers out there who maybe have not heard one of our 87 other hot breath episodes here. Thank you for tuning in to this one specifically with our very specifically special guest. The lady I interviewed today was one of the first people to bring me on stage. It has been such a thrill to know her and to just see her growth and also to now sit down with her one-on-one in an interview. First off, one of our most emotional Hot breath episodes yet for sure, and insightful. She drops so many gems, just that, just not even just comedians can benefit from, but just people with goals and a vision. There's just so much to learn from everybody you meet out there in the world. So, thank you for coming to the hot breath of world. Mm. Hot breath of world. I don't think that one's gonna stick. Uh, Hot Breath of Verse is the most creative one. But I said all that to say, hey, 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 it's that time of day or night, wherever you found. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. I promise, I promise the interview will be more informative than this intro. I know you want to get to our guest and I, some of you are actually like, you know what, I'm enjoying these intros. I remember... Last week, Joel rambling about avoiding painting at his house with his wife and him learning that things that aren't funny to her are no longer funny to us. So my sense of humor has evolved since getting married on April 1st of 2017. And I think us as a uh, podcast have evolved. So I appreciate you going on that journey with us. If this is your first time tuning in, I will make you aware that if you do find this episode insightful learning, valuable, please feel free to just take a second and share with a friend or family member that somebody else you think would really enjoy this interview. And of course, if you'd like to take it a step further and show your support on live air, you leaving an iTunes review will get you read right here. Like Mall of Amanda left one last week. That said, love Joel's interview style and getting the behind-the-scenes perspective on the stand-up comedy world. Five stars. Boom. Thank you, Mall of Amanda. And we had another one from Lil Bus Pimp saying, More than happy I was able to listen to my favorite two white comedians of our modern era. The episode with Andrew Schultz, a.k.a. Young Hezzy, and Joel Byers, a.k.a. 
The Negro Whisperer. Oh, I should have read this one ahead of time. <laughs> um, was like listening to two of my old friends becoming new friends. It was insightful and intimate, gave me a perspective I wasn't familiar with, and illustrated how we all have our own professional struggles, regardless of how easy things may appear. Definitely my top three favorite interviews so far. Great job to both of you, and I'm so jealous I couldn't be a fly on the wall that day. Well, thank you, Lil Bus Pimp, for your very uh, colorful review, but anybody out there who would like to have their review read live on the air, just go to iTunes, drop a review. I read them all right here. A lot of people have been asking me about sponsorship opportunities. You can hit me up on social media, at Joel Byers Comedy, or go to my website, actually, joelbyerscomedy.com which is something we talk about in this interview because my guest has really gone through a rebranding phase which is what I've just been recently going through so there were so many parallels and so many lessons I could learn from her research and her experience and you guys are going to learn a lot of the same but if you go to joelbyerscomedy.com you can see a link to not only um, my schedule, which if you enjoy me on here, you're going to love me live. I host a show every single Wednesday at Java Monkey in Decatur, Georgia. It's a free show, and I promise you'll get more than what you paid for. It's always a good time, so come on out to that. And if you want to support me, you can also, you know, I wrote a book. You can support that as well. The cover was made by... The one and only comedy artwork. This guy has made all of my designs you see on my website. So if you're interested in kind of rebranding yourself, which is a lot of what we talk about here, definitely hit him up, Brian Taylor. Hit him up at Comedy Artwork on social media or ComedyArtwork.com. Tell him to give you the hot breath special. He always takes care of my listeners. So thank you so much, team, out there. Oh, and I mentioned I wrote a book with um, Dr. Robert Joseph. He's a phd from mit and carnegie mellon we actually designed a um a book pretty much we call it the uh, comics playbook that is really designed just to help people overcome writer's block and generate new material faster and it's it's really completely changed my comedy game and i really think it would change yours even if you're interested in having any more questions just hit me up i'm happy to answer anything you have or go to comicsplaybook.com pick yours up but, you know, I'm just having so much fun with this and having fun with you guys listening. Do this outro. One of my more verbose outros, but I just finished class. Here I teach a class every Sunday at Highwire, and I'm sitting here in the backstage green room recording this, and I'm in, still in teaching mode. I'm prepping. I'm about to actually go interview another dope comedian who I've been working with here at Laughing Skull. So, no spoiler alerts there, but... I'll get off my teaching high horse and move on with this interview because I am so honored to capture this lady's story and moved by this episode. Really one of my favorites yet. Episode number 88 will not dissipate. Ooh. So I said all that to say, all there is left to do is inhale a hot breath. <sighs> Moving with Vanessa Fraction. Yeah. And he screams. Nah. Right. I know the terms. And he you know, we go back. I know the terms. The screets. Yeah. And... <laughs> I love colorful talk. <laughs> well, let's have some colorful talk. Some very colorful We're going to have some colorful talk. It's been exciting. 
Oh, there you go. You're in my ear. It sounds good. I'm in your ear? You are. Let's see. Can I you keep this? Ooh, got your, yeah. On fianced. I can't talk too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm tagged now. I've got right. the ring. Yep. I'm like, I see it. I see what you're doing over there. I like it. I like it. I'm tagged. We're growing up. We are growing up. It's been crazy. Yeah, you. It really is. It's been, I mean. Remember I'm... the big mustache? <laughs> you remember? That's funny. Oh, I used to call it the clit tickler. It, you I remember... did call it the clit tickler. That's funny. It was cute, though, but it just gave you such a different look. It's funny, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see you doing it again, or you know, does your wife like it? No, no. Oh. I only got compliments from dudes on it. So, like, <laughs> in Atlanta, I would have cleaned weird, up if right? it was the if it was the move, but I couldn't couldn't commit. I've got a character in mind, though. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back for, but I'm not going to bring it back till I get paid. Gotcha. I can't walk around like that no, anymore. Hard, but I can see you doing a movie, like you said, like a full oh, I've character. got it. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole character involved. Um, I can see that. That yeah, I'm ready that. for it. Because you have such a baby face, actually. Totally baby mm -hmm. face. So but when I met you, I thought you were 35. That's what people yeah. thought I was when I shaved. They were like, "Oh, where'd your dad go?" Yeah. Or whatever. They're like, "Joel's son is here." <laughs> But I just started being funny for like me and not. Every, it was all about the mustache. Mm -hmm. At all, I remember walking on stage and somebody just goes mustache, and I was like, "This is getting out of hand. I need to figure this yeah, out." Yeah, for me, it was all <laughs> about the boobs. Not really, but uh -huh. the, like I when I first, I remember the first time I did comedy, I um, I remember wearing something sexy, mm -hmm. like with, with something with some deep cleavage and this that, and the third, because I was just like, you know, they they might want to boo these jokes, but they ain't going to boo these titties. I know they're not going to boo these titties. So that was like my safe, you know. Safe was that in Chicago? Uh-huh. Okay. At the Cotton Club? It was at the Cotton Club Oh, in Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think Bernie Mac started that room or something. Was he there when that? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. This, this was... is, um, by the time I started hosting, he was a king of comedy and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, he might have had his television show. I started comedy in 2001. Okay. So... Chicago's kind of popping with Lil Rel right now, Hannibal mm -hmm. Burris. Mm -hmm. Who um, were you around? Uh, Dion Cole's another one. Mm -hmm. Were you all around them. with them? Oh yeah, all yeah. of us started. Except Dion started before us. Like uh -huh. he was maybe like you know I'd seen him on Comic View or definitely one of those. I'd seen him on television before, so maybe he's got five years on me or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know when he started. Point is, he was in it before. Yeah, yeah. We were in the Little Rail and I, and I think Hannibal as well. We all started probably right around the same time. I think, yeah. Is this like South Side Chicago? What is the environment? Um, well, Laurel's West Side all day. Um, oh, oh, all day. Oh, yes. that, you got to say all day. Well, you don't necessarily, not necessarily with West Side. I just had to let you know for him, he's definitely West Side Shouty. Um, a day. Uh huh. And then uh, <laughs> Dion South. I'm South. And then Hannibal, he might, I don't know where he lived. He might have lived North, he might have lived West. I'm not sure. But we were all, the, you know, same comedy scene. Is the scene up in Chicago segregated like it is in Atlanta, like too? People? Like the people. Exactly. Right. Well, but Atlanta, I mean, the scene can be, the, some yeah, are crossover, but be. some are like just exclusively one race or the other. Is it Chicago like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely can be. I mean, Chicago's a segregated kind of city in mm -hmm. general. True. Um, so definitely with the comedy, it definitely was like that. Where South, well, not, and, and thankfully now it's merging a lot more. It's not definitely not like it was when I started. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but yeah, nor, uh, at first it was basically, you know, blacks on the South side and then you go mainstream or white up North, uh -huh. you know, but I know when I was doing comedy, I was one of those ones that would uh, always make sure that I went, you know, both sides. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah, just yeah, made yeah. more sense. Mm -hmm. And then it makes uh, 
people in more mainstream or north side feel more comfortable to come and you know hang out with us and stuff like that like um why did his name just escape my wonderful mind tj miller yeah um, i remember Chicago. yeah yeah he was one of those ones i would always <laughs> be with him in an audition line or something like that uh -huh. you know or whatever but uh he was one of those north siders that would uh, uh every now and again foray over to the south side oh yeah i understand that, that. kind of thing yeah and, um yeah so that, that i just remember him out of everybody <laughs> Uh, somebody I came up with is super cool. What a character. And killing right now, right. Oh, from oh Chicago as well. But Atlanta's up next, I Atlanta think. Atlanta is up next. Everybody is saying that, claiming that. And uh, I believe it. I mean, we got some winners even right now with Carlos yeah. and Clayton. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then we have, uh, and, and it's so funny, I have, I'm saying we, but I do live here now, so. Yeah, you claim us. You oh claim Atlanta God. or Chicago. What scene are you going to rep? I'm not going to answer that right now. Um, <laughs> that's a tough... Oh, Lord. I don't even want to say. I'm always Chicago to my heart. Mm -hmm. But um, I can't deny the love that Atlanta has given me. Yeah. And so, you know, I definitely say we when I speak about Atlanta. When did you move down here? Oh. Initial, well, I, since I've been... Well, I moved here in 2010 as far as doing comedy. I moved, right. Um, I was here like a, in 99... To, from, 90, from 99 to 2000, I was here. Um, but that was before comedy. Um, yeah, BC. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so I came back in 2010, roughly, and stayed for like three years and then left again and then came back like two years ago. Man, you just move all around. Well, I moved to where the, the job was and where the experience it gave me different experiences. When mm -hmm. I left here, I had been working for the Monique show and they uh, got uh, the show ended. And so um, I wanted another writing job. And so someone turned me on to 106 and Park. And so I um, uh, interviewed for that and got mm -hmm. that. And so I um, decided to move to New York so I could just be closer to the to everything. And Yeah, yeah. And you got the Monique writing job from performing on Monique, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So like just showing your skills, it just kind of naturally oh, yeah. brought up new opportunities. That's a blessing. That's a um, definitely, definitely. But that's a blessing. That's some. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it luck, but it's it's all those things put together because mm -hmm. um, it has to be what they're looking for at that time as well. But I was glad that she liked um, the way that I think, you know. Yeah. And I was able to pick that up and then bring me on. You've had a lot of success. Do you attribute it most to like relationships in the industry, like? Because you've been, I mean, you've been steady working and like just ever since gradually started, right. climbing. And it's like, what do you attribute Right now is probably the slowest I've ever been. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, in a funny way. But sometimes you have to step back to move forward. So it's like I have a plan and I'm working that plan. But it's like weird because I've never been this still. You know what I mean? Th that, that's that's one reason. I mean, I've, al I've always been a fan of you and you've. You've pretty much seen me since the beginning of me mm -hmm. starting comedy. I started in your room pretty much. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first times I went up. That's so dope. <laughs> That's so dope. And it was, it's like now seeing it, seeing your success. And it does seem like you're almost, you almost went through this like rebranding phase. Like mm -hmm. your website is amazing. Mm -hmm. I've got to say. Thank you so but much. When I, as soon as I redid my website, I started looking at other comedians and mm -hmm. I'm like, comedians have terrible websites they do they freaking suck terrible i'm talking about i've seen some sucky ones man and yes. i've seen some good ones but then sometimes they're like too much just like too much on there and yeah yeah going on. so it's i love um and shout out to my girl samantha um sound chick except uh, media but she um she redid my website and it just has a really nice clean it's so clean just a nice clean look, yeah and that's important for us and and even and for me right now it was just a thing of you know who is she who am i you know what i mean I'm, i've been around for quite a while and stuff like mm -hmm. that so like people hear different things about you but i don't think they really know your comedy they just you know hear it through the grapevine like no she's good 
but you know what I mean? Like, yep. so it was, it's important for me right now to really, um, push and, and really show who I am. Like have that, you know, like I'm coming up, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> coming. Um, and I, you know, so I, I, it's important. You know, sometimes you don't, I felt like when, when I was doing the rebranding or reimaging or whatever that I felt like I was the one of them chicks on the talk show that didn't know she was stuck in a, Thing. you know somebody like mm. nominates you to get a, a makeover because when I went to my <laughs> stylist I, I've been with her for years and she was like you know you haven't changed your style for like 15 years I'm like really she's like no you've been kind of this whole you know mm-hmm. <laughs> the same way so change is always good it's been really really good for me and um I just I don't know it just gives me a new a new feeling it, it's a good lesson for especially I guess comedians or anybody trying to create their own brand and image is like this took you 15 years into your career to be mm-hmm. like oh i need to address wait who am i mm-hmm. what am i trying to do like mm-hmm. you said you had a plan what are some of the specific oh plans? If i told you i'd have to kill you um <laughs> but did you sat down and listed like okay who am i and you like mm-hmm. wrote down who am i what, what are am my I goals doing? And, what are yeah. my goals and and i have to write a um um a plan on getting there. Like, how do you plan on getting there? You mm-hmm. know, because um, when we're our own business, we, you know, I do have management. I'm kind of in the middle of rebuilding my team, too. So where before I was more steered possibly by manage. Well, I've always been my own, you know, like taking a big part in which direction I've wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so now um, I actually have a consultant that I work with okay. and, and and he helps me to see a vision, you know bigger than what I can because sometimes we're in our own in our own shit you know what I mean it's for so long that you can't really see it the way you need to and to get good direction so I do have a really groovy consultant that um, what exactly is that what exactly does a consultant do uh, my per- particular consultant yeah. I give him that name basically you pick somebody that is where you want to be you know oh, like with, whether okay. they're your mentor or whatever mm-hmm. but for me right now I just I mean that word fits him better but um, yeah I called somebody that is definitely where i want to be that's definitely you know financially free all these other things and is producing great stuff and blah 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 and you know just said hey take a look what do you see you know and they were able to say hey this is what i see and this is where i think you need to go what are some lessons do you think you could share with the listeners you've learned from working with him uh, i'm not ready to talk about that yet what uh, i mean i'm not yeah. saying specifically what your goals are but just like Clearly, 15 years in your career, you're like, I overlooked all of this. And you're not alone in that. So it's like. Uh, I think that what necess- it's some overlooking some, mm-hmm. but some of it is just everybody's journey is their kind of their journey. And if I wouldn't have kind of gone through everything that I've gone through, I, I wouldn't be ready for this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think I would be a different like, even though in a way I'm like, dang, why haven't you quote unquote if you can see you can't see my quote air quotes but I'm giving them uh like why haven't you quote unquote made it or mm. a household now or maybe as successful as some of my other friends even in the business um but again I don't know like I really learned a lot and I really feel good about who I am right now and even as I talk about different managers I've had or different things I've done like they've all led me up to being the woman I am right now and so it's like I almost I feel like I don't want to miss any of those steps because if I would have, maybe something would be going more haywire right now. And I mean, for Vanessa as a person, not necessarily my career. My career might be booming, but there might be something that, you know, wrong with me personally, because a lot of this, too, is taking the time for my own um, mental health and, you know, all that stuff. I have kids, you know, there's all these different things. So if certain things would have happened before now, you know, I don't know. 
Yeah, you have grown kids. Like, now, yeah. Is, are they, is one my like 15 is, and 18 or 17? Very good. But no, my daughter's 17. She'll be 18 this year. My do- my son will be 20 this year. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he's in the Air Force. Woo, woo. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I don't know. It's, I, wow. You yeah, were, I have learned a lot, though. I mean, my mind is kind of going blank. I wish I would have took notes about. But there's plenty of things that I've learned. I learned that, um, from my therapist. Mm-hmm. about um, like I'm not making mistakes you know what I'm saying like you're collecting data I always tell people that because I think that that is such a gives you such a, bre- a breath you know what I'm saying and even to answer that question about you know what have I learned and, and stuff like that it was like I've collected a lot of data you know what I mean like mm-hmm. the good the bad the ugly but it's like um, in looking at it that way it just it just feels better I don't know how to put it, it just feels a heck of a lot better mm-hmm. and it, it, it has more of a solution based you know, feeling to it. And so I kind of, um, I've learned to be light with myself. I've learned, um, and this wasn't from the consultant or anything like that, but, um, just in life to listen to other people. You know what I'm saying? If I don't, if I'm not where I want to be, then I need to listen to somebody that's where I want to be. You Mm. know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was another great point I was going to make right there, but, um, yeah, basically just being open. Being open to, you know, not having the right answers, being open to um hmm. Oh man, I'm usually a lot more You're doing great, Vanessa. Don't I want worry to thank about you it. for the yeah, encouragement. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the encouragement. But no, it, you know, sometimes I, I'm just going through such transformations and such things. Like even in life, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm thirty seven, I'll be thirty eight this year. So mm-hmm. I'm even feeling like I want to get married soon. So it's like oh, I'm this, Yeah, it's like all these yeah. weird feelings, you know. <laughs> so I don't even know how to talk anymore. You know, and then I'm like, you know, I don't I don't. But it's like I'm at a peaceful place, my career is good, my life is good. Um I remember talking with somebody about, you know, just it where you are and I was saying my own personal journey um, some of that was talking about how I didn't want to make it until a certain period in my life yeah you know like Mm -hmm. I had really written this in some journals I had prayed about it you know just all this different stuff and I'd ask God to please don't let me make it don't let me make millions don't let me have a sitcom none of that great stuff until I get off child support that was my prayer won't he do it won't he do it and the funny thing is I just got off recently in fact I'm still have a letter over there where some state thinks I'm not off child support (laughs) but I really am off what yeah so I mean I have to deal with this stuff you know what I'm saying because now you're dealing with paperwork and this and I moved a lot so Mm -hmm. it was like you know they were trying to see if I'm living here living there so there's cases open here there's a case open there oh so that's why you're moving around so much Uh you're avoiding (laughs) trying to avoid the the peoples um no uh (laughs) I wish. No. But um, yeah, so I, I definitely had said that. And so that's why I'm like, my journey's mine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's it's unique. Um, again, I wouldn't be this wonderful woman that I am if I hadn't gone through, you know, some of the things that I had gone through. That's ups, downs. Because like, I've had a lot of ups, like a lot of extreme ups. Mm-hmm. It just is the consistency, I guess, of those of those things. That's well, so no, fascinating. I've, I've had consistent ups. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean you've been consistently climbing and it's funny mm-hmm. now you like you're like, oh I hit a lull, but now it's, it's not it's I like, don't like to call it a lull. It's just a I'm I'm not used to being this still. That's what I like to say. You know what I mean? Like right now it's that I think I was used to it more in the beginning because I was reading and which I'm doing now. I'm studying a lot, reading mm-hmm. a lot, writing a lot, that kind of thing, but I'm not on the road as much. And mm. so that's where it's kind of like 
you know, I'm like, do I feel unsuccessful or something? It's like, no, you're, you're work, you have this other plan. You got other stuff to do. You can't always be ripping and running the streets. You know what I mean? Like you really have to settle in and create this, you know, cool future for yourself because I, I don't just do stand up comedy. I'm an actress. I also write and, you know, produce shows and stuff like that. So it's like, you, you know, it's a lot to study. You're working on a book, too? I am. Oh, my. I am. What's that about? Um, Just about this journey. There's a couple. I'm I'm really, I feel best when I'm helping people, making people feel good, you know, about themselves. So it's almost like a a book where I want to tell you my mistakes or my, all the data that I've collected, as we call it, Mm -hmm. you know, and teach you how to laugh at that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I like, I don't know why, but I like being transparent, you know, because I feel like it helps people. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. like um, through my travels, all this peaceful talk I'm giving is because I've um, been on this journey of no, no dicks, no drinks, no drugs, um, okay. with the slight exception of weed, because I don't necessarily consider that a drug all the time. But no, all the time, all the time. <laughs> but no, I think it's, it's more about restraint. It's not really about um, marijuana per se, or that it's bad for me or anything like that. It's about um, having some discipline. Discipline, you know, it's yeah. Mostly that's the big D, discipline, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, um, and saying no to the three smaller Ds that <laughs> allowed me to have this discipline because um, we're in bars and clubs and even when you're in theaters, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you still... Um, so many things are accessible and our lifestyle a lot of times says that we might, you know, want sex, drugs and rock and roll, you mm-hmm. know, and for, you know, quite a while in my life, I guess, you know, shoot, I want some of the perks, you know, <laughs> if you will. Um, and you did. Yeah, I did. I did. I definitely have lived life. And I think that's cool. You know what I mean? I'm not mm-hmm. mad at the chick that did all that and danced on top of tables. I've had some really really great experiences that I would never take back. But um, I found that I was kicking and screaming into moving into the next phase of my life. I call it kicking and screaming because I felt like I was throwing tantrums, like doing things, acting out, you know, being too drunk or, you know, maybe sleeping with somebody I shouldn't have or just doing things that was just like, what are you doing? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't always, you're going to mature. Your changes is inevitable. And so um, in order to jumpstart that change for myself, I went on this whole no dicks, no drinks, no drugs journey. And it was fascinating. Um, quite fascinating. Was there like a rock bottom that flipped you into that oh lifestyle? God, yes. or oh, Okay. We all have to have our rock bottom. I woke up in my own throw up, um, having avoided having sex with a man that me and my sister call same draws. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> There, me and my sister, we have nicknames for guys that I date. And this particular guy's name was Same Draws. And I was trying to get myself drunk enough to sleep with him. I was just, you know, I was so oh, lonely that man. night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this the sister who, when you said you wanted to start comedy, said, bitch, we going to be rich? No. Um, oh, okay. This is the sister. This is Lily. Lily's out with me a lot. She lives here in Atlanta. Oh, I know Lily. So Lily's always with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we name the guys that I date. It's pretty funny. Um, I don't want to say all their names unless they be listening um, mm-hmm. and find out. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of my rock bottom where I was just. And, and again, to be this transparent, I don't know why, but I've actually had women come to me and be like, you know, thank you for that story. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Because to look at me, you may not even think I, that I, I go through those kind of things, you know. But um, I believe in, you know, a lot of times you you be calling who you have access to. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, he's not a stranger, even though he might wear the same drawers. I'm not sure, <laughs> but at least he's not a stranger. Um, and so I find comfort in that. I'll try to call him over. But, you know, I just had to stop the crazy behavior. And that really just helped me to take a pause and, and look at some of the things that I was doing. And uh, I'm much better now. 
Sounds like the preacher kid coming out. I know, out. right, right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> if you hadn't already guessed, I'm a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, um, yeah, this life allows you to go through a lot of journeys. You know what I'm saying? You get to do a lot of stuff. And, and I think sometimes we just stay in one thing too long. Mm-hmm. And I was staying in my partying phase too long. What did what did your, um, as a preacher's kid, you know, you're on Def Jam saying pussy 48 times. Mm-hmm. How does uh, How does the preacher? You knew the exact yeah. count. That's nice. Um, I, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad is a uh, well. I'll say you know, just as a black woman, I didn't know how I felt about going on Def Jam talking like that, you mm-hmm. know. But the thing that I felt justified in is though I'm using this colorful language. There's a message in what I'm saying, you know. Um, I started with a joke about at least how guys don't have everything, but if they got some something to start with, you know, some at least you add all those up and you start getting more. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, like there's some. <laughs> A lot of things that I talk about are how to keep relationships together. That in particular joke about all that pussy was about your self-esteem and how you feel about your sexuality. I can honestly say I ain't got the best pussy in the world and I don't have to. You know what I mean? It's a lot of responsibility to have that kind of pussy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I went on from there. But a colorful joke, funny, made sense, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. And jokes are meant to be funny, you know, and but to get on there and to be able to talk in that way and, and, and get a bigger audience for myself, that was important, you know, for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And the other part about Def Jam is there's not a lot of places that you can go and do like, you know, just let let your hair down and do that nightclub shit. You know, I'm not going to, I can't do that on NBC. I can't do it on ABC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So why shouldn't I go no holes bars in a place that that's what you're supposed to do? But yet after that situation i was a little i felt you know pigeonholed in the sense of oh she's a dirty comic or she's filthy or she's this and that when it's like uh guys can talk about their own sexuality hell white women can go to town about their sexuality and nobody marginalizes them in that way Mm -hmm. they work in all the mainstream clubs you know they're just like she's risque me i'm filthy you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's so weird and um Uh, Your question was kind of like being a preacher's kid. You know, how was the response from that? Um, I didn't get, well, from my father, I called him first because I was quite nervous. And um, he had told me that he watched it and everything. And he was kind of quiet as he was talking to me. And I was like, so, you know, Dad, what did you you think, you know, about it? And he was like, well, you know, you're going to have to forgive me. But I think that you are the funniest bitch I've ever heard in my life. He was like, have to excuse my language. He's like, but... (laughs) He was like, that was amazing. He was like, I can't, you know, like the way that you did that, like your finesse and the way that you went about that. And he was like, and don't worry about um, the the language. He was like, because you have a message and you're also touching people that may not go to church or that may not, you know, have a, you know, that kind of guidance in their life. It's like you still are giving them something. And it's like eventually um, like you'll find your way. But don't judge yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the time for you. People need to trust you. They need to know that you understand where they're coming from and that you've been where they've been. You Mm -hmm. know? And so he's like, in that, just trust the process. You know what I'm saying? And again, now, here I sit, (laughs) having trusted the process and being a much more mature woman. And I look forward to um, what my career has to bring, you know, moving forward, you know? Where was your uh, was your mom? Because I, I heard a joke. You're saying your mom grew up with like a white woman in the room. Oh, or whatever. Like, yeah, 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 what, yeah, What's, yeah. what's your mom, relationship with her? Oh, she's a groovy chick. Uh, uh-huh. My mom's a little quieter. You know, now that I don't know, since she's been a little older, she keeps wanting to be like, I've always been funny. I'm like, mom, you're quiet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But she is kind of funny. Uh-huh. But she was a social worker, um, like growing up. You know, if my when my dad was a preacher, she played the piano. You know that kind of thing. Oh, cool. You know, um, um, what did you ask me? 
I lost the question. Really. Oh, just your relationship. Just how my relationship yeah. yeah. Um, I just love her. I think she's super groovy. Yeah. I've always tried to fashion a few more jokes after her. I talk about one uh, where she's very close to my daughter because I'm on the road all the time. And so my daughter is very close with her and actually acts like her. My daughter acts like an old lady and I <laughs> go into that. And so I talk about her with that. When you mentioned the white woman, it was like um, when I was born she was sharing a room with a white woman and I almost got oh. switched at birth. Oh, like, okay. like she actually, they gave me to that white woman. Oh, and really? My mama had to be like, that's not, that's my baby. That's not her baby. And they, cause they gave the, cause the white woman's, she was married to a black man. So her baby was more brown and mm. I came out very pale. And so the nurses thought they made a mistake <laughs> in the room. And so they switched the babies and my mama was like, this is a boy. I had a girl, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So it's a fun story. You have to go online. But, um, was that in Arkansas? No. I was oh. born in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, I thought you were born in like Hope, Arkansas. My father was, you do know what the fuck what? kind of shit <laughs> research have you been doing? <laughs> Damn. No, my, my daddy's people from Hope, Arkansas. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. You were born. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm like, tapping my shit. Yeah. No, got, tapping. Like, He's good. He's an investigative reporter. Shit. Um, well, I just want people to know the whole Vanessa story. I think that's groovy. Because you're amazing. And thank you. It's only going to get better. Mm, but yeah, my mom was a, um, my mom was always cool. It's just that mm -hmm. my dad had a more booming personality. You know what I'm saying? Like we lived in that household. It was like, don't, you wait till your daddy get home. You know what I mean? And then he was mm -hmm. coming down the rec shop and, you know, and then he passed away like five or six years ago. So now it's, it was very important for me where I was struggling to talk about him on stage before when he was kind of going through his illness and stuff like that. It was very important after that where it was like, no, you put him on stage and let him live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's always been very uh, important to me and emotional for me. Yeah. Know? So um, with my mom, it's just taking me a little bit more time. I got fun stories about her too. Um, but yeah, he it was just important for me to figure it out with him because of what, uh, what happened. So you think talking about it on stage helps it off stage? I like the fact that... Um, people come up to me and tell me about my dad or laugh about it or tell me, you know what I'm saying? As I'm talking about a joke or they, um, oh, my mom, emotion, his birthday just passed recently, actually. So like, mm -hmm. it's been, uh... excuse me. I don't think I've ever Sometimes I think it doesn't, you know what I mean? You try to move on from stuff like that or whatever, not move on, but just mm -hmm. to be able to make the feelings manageable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I always like when it's an anniversary of something, you know, um, like his birthday was May 29th. So, like, it's been. Oh, yeah, just a couple <laughs> days. Oh, wow. So, it was like, you know, just just think about him a lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, um, for me, I always wanted him to, you know, see my success. You know, it was like a, a moment when I was on the Monique show. Um, and I watch, when I look back and watch the footage, um, I, after I did my set, she asked me to come over to the couch or whatever. And um, as I was walking, I remember just looking around and I don't know if I saw him or what happened. I just started screaming like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it was like I could just feel him, you know, all over me. And I just, um, you know, in ways like when I met the first lady and stuff, I just wish he would have, you know, seen that. Michelle Obama? Mm -hmm. Oh, snap. Yeah, and got to perform in front of her. She what? jokes with me and all that stuff. What? So I wanted him to see that. You know, stuff like that, you know, just makes you extra all emotional. Yeah. It's a happy thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, again, I'm just a little weak because his birthday just passed. But, you know, I'm usually a tough cookie. No, it's okay. And in fact, I've punched women in the chest for crying. 
Um, oh, but, I know you're tough. You've fought <laughs> men. You've. Oh! <laughs> oh, here we go. I heard that story. Oh, yeah, that's not such a nice story. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. But it did, um, that cracked me up because I ended up on Unsung on TV One. With Joe Torrey's Unsung. Yeah, I was like, what? Because they didn't call and tell me. So, like, my friends were like, you know, you were on Unsung? And I'm like, what? What? I'm like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> I love that show, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was the dark time in his life. Dun, 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 dun. You're getting off when he got fighting a, a bus in Japan. Off, right. Yeah. yeah, doesn't this sound dramatic? <laughs> yeah, I got to write this book. I'm like, what? Oh, to get the details out. Yeah. Yeah, because I always wondered if I was going to, right now, as I'm, I'm just continually writing notes, 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 things that make, you know, that um, interest me in, in order to streamline what I really want to do. Because in one way, and I know I'm going to write more than one book, but I just want to, I really want to get out just this one. Mm -hmm. uh, but in one way, um, I want to talk about my journey in comedy because being a female comic is funny just road stories and stuff like that because i got a billion of them mm -hmm. and um in one way i want to do it that way but then um what brings my heart is just telling all these antidotes of what's gotten me through you know like the no dicks no drinks no drug stories and so many more um being a thermostat not a thermometer you know just so many different um things that have helped um get me through and i think that's more important to put address that on the first book hell yeah yeah, yeah. how big does organization play into this whole rebrand you've big that's why yeah. I, it's it's I'm, I'm not the most organized chick so mm -hmm. it's been something you know in general because i mean like as a business we and i i don't, I don't know i guess comics we talk about it but we're everything from the mailroom on up you know yeah. even when you have managers and agents you know like i don't just leave it in their hands to you know get the job done you know i still have to do my own research and different stuff like that so it's um organization is key and that if i had any regrets if you want to talk about um, mm -hmm. what to leave with the young comics and stuff. Yeah. Organization is big. You know, most of the people that I know that do really well, even if they're not that funny, they're good at business. What kind of tips do you have? I struggle with organization, too. Like, what mm -hmm. kind of tips do you have on that? Uh, for simple tips, make a checklist. Start doing that. You know, um, you know, put things in folders. You know, uh, treat it like a business. You know, when you go out of town, it's it sometimes for me, it's good. I have like a one sheeter. You know what I mean? That had one pager that has like all my flight information, the weather, maybe things around the city. You know, it's just, you know, you also know um, to take notes on how much you got paid. You know, um, you keep up with all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if people still talk about that kind of thing because this is things I talked about early on, you know, and now, you know, it's just kind of what you do. But, mm -hmm. you know, for younger comics, if you don't know about that, you know, you, it's really good to keep that because then when you want to get booked again by that person, you already have a file that says, oh, no, I got paid this. And they're like, well, you know, it wasn't that many people there. And you're like, oh, well, it rained a lot that day and such and such <laughs> was the going weather, on. And, wow. You know, I mean, or whatever. So it's like you have, you know, you have um, – you know, you know what you're talking about there. <laughs> so you're like, no, I need you to book me for this. Or, you know, hey, my rate went up. This is what you did the first time. That was friends rates. Now it's this. You know what I mean? But just to have that and be able to go back. And at the end of the year when you're doing your taxes, here it all is. You know, hmm. it's just, you know, um, important to keep those things in mind. Uh, and a lot of times we're just, I personally love the creative. I could, if I could sit around, watch movies, watch, you know, do our research as we, as it, as it were, uh -huh. um, by watching movies and reading books and just being creative and writing and going outside and people watching and writing jokes. If I could, that could be just what I'm doing, which is the, the whole point of, for me of more of the making it. Cause I still handle 
a lot of other stuff, I guess. Like, yeah. I want to fall. Well, that's never true because I'll always handle other stuff. So let me shut the fuck up. Point is, <laughs> I enjoy the creative and it's um, challenging for me to buckle down and do the administrative shit that I have to do. And that's so necessary. But when I do it, my life is freer. I don't feel like I have such burdens and heavy stuff on me because I wake up, I work my page, I look at this checklist and I start checking shit off and getting stuff done. And as long as by the end, by it's time to go out and tell jokes that I have a, you know, sufficient amount of shit checked off, I feel good about myself. You know, you make the checklist in the morning or the night before? Both. Just maybe I have an ongoing checklist. There's probably a checklist on this table. Right oh, yeah. Now. <laughs> and I'll find one and be like, you never did this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. And, yeah. You know, but that's, you know, that that's some of that stuff is just discipline, you know? Yeah. Discipline. And I found with discipline that it's like a muscle and that the more you do it, the mm-hmm. better you get, the more efficient mm-hmm. it becomes. And mm-hmm. it just becomes second nature. You're basically uh, creating new habits for yourself. Right. You know, yeah. like when you work a job, you have a supervisor or whoever that's kind of cracking the whip and like, where's this paperwork? You don't have that. You know what I mean? When it's just you, you have mm-hmm. to be that person that just says, no, come on now get it together you don't even know what the weather is in cleveland and you're going to be there tomorrow you know or whatever or you're fumbling around at the airport because you didn't print your stuff out you know um i learned that from one of my former managers is to you know um uh, how do you put it never let them see you sweat you mm. know always be calm cool and collective get there early you know um print stuff out you know i don't want to say it's in front of you black folks um no i'm just joking i'm joking <laughs> i just had to throw that in there <laughs> but um be on time black folks be on time, everybody because it's comics you know what i mean like we can just get lackadaisical about it because our yeah. you know we don't have those four walls again that that have heavy whip supervisor or any of that stuff mm-hmm. so that's to all of us you know i was making racial jokes because i'm sitting here with joel but yeah and that's i gotta remember sometimes people don't know my context sometimes <laughs> i'll say racial stuff and they don't know <laughs> My background, so they're like, oh, look at that racist white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm-hmm. People that know me think it's funny, but, but I got to remember. Like, you know, relax. Like, I think I had put yeah. up a, um, and I, and it's, and it's so funny because I, I, I'm, I struggle a little bit. And I, why am I telling my business? I guess you have kind eyes and I'm telling all my stuff, but I struggle this is sometimes. the place to do it. Though. I know. I struggle sometimes with social media, you yeah. know, and posting. And I'm funny on stage. So I don't feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like with social media, people, everybody wants to be heard. And have a right to be, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't feel unheard. I'm heard every night. My opinions are, you know, validated, whatever the heck. So a lot of people to me with social media, that's their outlet. You know what I'm saying? So you can have your voice and da-da-da-da. I do that at night. I write on the paper and do all that stuff in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at night, I go and flip my jokes on stage. That's my medium. That's what I particularly like. Um, I don't like the day-to-day, here's what's on my mind, let me diarrhea it out. You know what I mean? Because I'm insane. I've been with some crazy <laughs> shit. And for, and for some people, that's what makes them popular. That's why they got a lot of followers. I don't know that I'm, it, I don't know if I'm, if it's the word confident enough or if I'm just that revealing as, as I talked about my transparency earlier. But at the same time, it's just like all the crazy shit that goes through my head, I don't always want to, you know, put that out there and I haven't found a balance between you ain't got to put everything that's in your mind just put yeah. some stuff I haven't found necessarily that social media balance because I just it feels overwhelming to me I've heard social media be described as like you find your voice on social media kind of like you find your voice on stage you also find like a voice within your social media following so it is like you you don't post everything you just start posting what people are reacting to and I know yeah. Become active. Oh, people, that's their, that's their shit. Like for me, I look at it. Yeah, we all have like, different skills. There you go. Like yeah. some people that can write really well suck at stand up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so they, that, that writing is their medium. For me, you know, 
performing is mine. I can also write, but it's it's a different like from I don't know. It feels like pressure. That's mm-hmm. really the problem. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I didn't have to be, if it didn't feel like pressure, I might be a little bit better with it. But you know, it's a continual thing. I'm getting better at it. I guess. Is that one of the um, suggestions your consultant had for you? Was social media being a big part of what? The I mean, whole that's everybody. Is? That's everybody saying that everybody everybody yeah everybody um <laughs> <laughs> knows that you know there's plenty of people that it doesn't matter if they were funny or not you got fifty thousand followers yeah you're booked you True. know what i mean so it's important very mm-hmm. important i don't i don't try to belittle it or anything i just that's why i keep saying i i struggle have my challenges with yeah. it you know um and again, like I think I, I posted something the other day um, and it had a little something to do with reverse domestic, not, not reverse domestic violence, but it was a woman hitting a man or something. But it was funny. We were just talking about that. It yeah. was freaking funny. <laughs> and somebody goes on the timeline and they're on some like, this is just not funny. If it was vice versa, this shit wouldn't be so funny if a man was hitting a woman and blah, blah, blah. And I was saying, that, yeah, the scenario, as it were, the, 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 the real scenario is not funny. I don't condone anybody putting their hands on anybody. But when you add the caption... Oh, God, that made it hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what a joke is. You're taking something that wouldn't necessarily normally be funny, and then you add whatever trimming to it to make it fun. That's a joke. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are you trying to call me to task on some shit I already know? <laughs> I already know. <laughs> like, no, it's not funny. You know, I've, I've got pl- there's rape jokes. That's not rape isn't funny. But, you know, sometimes. And then I guess it's that thing of when you say, well, what if it were you? You know, um, mm-hmm. like you said, I've been in a tussle with a fella and what if somebody you know had recorded that and then put you know what i find it funny i'm like if the caption was funny enough <laughs> shit, I'm, you know i might have feelings later but if the caption's funny enough i'm laughing yeah but the comedians kind of look at life a little bit more sadistically i guess you could say probably we can probably find humor in just about anything whenever. well i mean what's the other choice you know what i mean like yeah, i can true. sit here and get all tight in the draws about it but you know why yeah maybe you should start uh singing again maybe that could be another nice branding I move. really enjoy singing it's fun to me yeah um, and I like it in the way of incorporating it with comedy like you know what I mean like you don't have to take me seriously or anything but um when I'm in the middle like even I've been as I talk if a song comes to me I'll just start diddling it out but uh I get to release that singing bug I started a show at Uptown Comedy Corner every Wednesday we do karaoke and comedy with a live band and it's pretty groovy. It's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, it's a new show, and so I look forward to it growing. But, um, yeah, even growing up, being a PK, we always had to sing when my dad went to churches and stuff like that. So, we And that was as in, me and my sisters had a singing group when we were teenagers. Oh, know. snap. What was it called? I don't, you know, I asked my sisters this. I don't even know if we ever had a name for our group, <laughs> but we all had code names. We didn't use our regular names. Like, okay. I think I was Nia, my other sister was Priya, and then Lily's Lily. And then the, um, my other sister, my daddy's girlfriend's daughter, her name was Nikki. And then I forgot the rapper's name. She was like 25. I forgot her name. You guys do like shows? You like do live shows? No. We were singing on people's porches. Like people would like, you know, okay. we were teenagers. So like uh-huh. people, like I mean, I was 14. My other sister was 13, 15, 16. And then the 25-year-old lady. But <laughs> like people would, you know, like we lived in the hood. So in in the neighborhood, in our neighborhood, um, we were very social, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, if we were over my dad's girlfriend's house, like she had an, an older son. So like his friends were always over. So it would be like, just all hanging out and they're like, Hey, you know, I heard y'all got a group sing for us. You know what I mean? So we were just always singing mm-hmm. randomly, mm-hmm. you know, ne- never really, ta- I don't think we did talent shows, a couple community centers, maybe. 
<laughs> so were, did your mom and dad still work at the church even though they weren't together? They still did the piano? No. And, okay, I didn't know. No. Oh, I was, oh. This is long after all that. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't do that in my research. I didn't know. Right. No, that's kind of the uh, <laughs> untold story. But the no, this song? is, they, yeah, they were like divorced and all that stuff. He had stopped pastoring, really, like pastoring a church. But you know the cool thing about my dad? And uh, one of the things that me and my dad, we used to get into it. But uh, the guys on the block used to always just be like, man, you got an awesome father. You know what I mean? So he never stopped ministering. He was always doing that. And I mm -hmm. think that's important. Even though I used to think I was going to be a pastor. Um, but what wow. I try to tell people now is that I have a bigger congregation, actually, than most pastors. And that's why it's always very important to me to uh, leave people with something. You know, people pay to hear what we have to say. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, um, on some Spider-Man shit with great power. <laughs> It's great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I feel the responsibility to kind of leave you with something, you know. And sometimes, you know, a joke's a joke. Sometimes you just need to hear a joke so you can laugh and, and let it go. But there's a lot of times you can just, you know, you can throw in a one to grow on, you know. Have you experienced, I guess for lack of a better word, like sexism or whatever? Because you kind of referred to you being a black woman and being dirty compared to even being a white woman and mm -hmm. being dirty. So mm -hmm. sometimes people only look at comedy as like male or female. But even within like the female journey... Mm -hmm race can play into the oh, most definitely. all that as well most definitely i mean through all of time you know through uh, you know black americans history through in slavery you know we were over sexualized raped all that different stuff other people could kind of own our sexuality in a sense and um we never could you know what i'm saying and i i find I don't know how to put that. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't want to get too darn deep. But it's, it's just like we should be able to I should be able to talk about my stuff the same way anybody else does. But because, you know, of the way we're portrayed a lot of times, you know, it just it comes off different. It's like, oh, here comes another slutty black. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I didn't I'm not a slut. This is me personally talking about my particular situation. It just it's a um I wish I could be a little bit more articulate about it, but it's just unfair. You know, uh, I've seen, I've been at uh, festivals and, and I, there's a white woman. I know she got damn naked titties out <laughs> doing all stuff, and I could pull her name up or whatever, but mm -hmm. fuck it. You know, and it's just like, I can't imagine if I got my sexy black ass up there. Yeah. And was doing, even if it was supposedly fun, and I guess part of the funny was she's not the most traditionally attractive and her body shape isn't what we traditionally would, you know, find, uh, uh, alluring I, I would say i don't know i mean i know somebody loves it of course but right but for you to be able to and god bless you that you're able to get up there and, and pull your titties out and do all this stuff but my issue is i can't do that you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. um again and I, and I use this as an example because i remember when the def jam did come out like i was cited for saying pussy 40 i think it was 48 times or however many, so i took the time to count how many times i said pussy <laughs> not taking the, into account how funny the joke is you know or the message of the it the message of it or just yeah. even just how funny the damn joke is my my job is to be funny you know um but yet maybe a year or so later two years whenever amy schumer got her show i remember seeing a um an article in maybe it was variety or the insider or something like that but she was getting praised for getting the word pussy uh uh get, being able to say it on comedy central like if you look it up she's the one that that was a that like rallied and was able to get like on some feminist shit mm -hmm. so where she's a fucking feminist and all this shit i'm just this raunchy you know filthy black bitch you know what i'm saying and, wow. and she's you know you know she's witty and i'm you know all this other shit and and i'm just picking that particular thing i don't know her you know no you know yeah, i'm yeah. not picking on her in particular it's this it's how the uh 
industry is, you know. And right now, as as black women, we we're getting some looks. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it's good. So, yeah, lucky us. But um, you know, it, it should be about talent. It should be about funny. You know, mm-hmm. we we do have very important stories that uh, need to be told. We are characters. We are your coworkers. We are the moms. We are the people you hang out with at the bars at the parks. We're everyday women. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And we need to be seen. And um. Fortunately, because I like to talk about positivity, fortunately, we, um, again, are getting some of those opportunities, you know, and so I look forward to, I was watching, I've seen so many black women, you know, that are uh, up front more now starring in some, you know, whether it's drama or comedy. So, you know, that's a good feeling. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a couple white comics on here who've had a lot of success, you know, even one who just came out with like a Comedy Central special, but they've, a common theme has been how within the industry, like being a white male comic is not, a, it's not as in high demand as it used to be. There people are yeah. looking for diversity more yeah. now. Yeah. You um, see that? Definitely. Yeah. And I am, ups- you know, and I, I, have, I don't know if I've ever talked about this really, but the awkward or the not traditionally attractive, all that different stuff. Um, so I'm trying to be kind, you know, cause nobody's really ugly to me in that way, but you know what I mean? Like we're before, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just different. Yeah. The this regular straight white guy thing. Yeah. yeah. You got to do something. Get fat. Do something. <laughs> get some weird glasses. Do something. You can't just be this straight lace white guy. There's only a few of you they're going to need. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll have to work on that. Yeah. You got to work. Your white privilege not really working for you now, is it? <laughs> yeah. White without the privilege. I'm like diet white. <laughs> only yeah. for a couple more weeks. Y'all, y'all will be back on top. Well, I'll just wait for you to blow up and I'll just ride your coattails, you know. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we got to have a team, baby. What's your take on the Kathy Griffin situation oh, just happened? That was rough. It was a little rough. That was rough. Yeah. Um, that was rough. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'll just say, just off the cuff, how I felt about it all as it came out. I thought poor taste. I never mm. would have done a shoot like that. Especially, and then sometimes you know you do that shit and you think in some part of you like it's funny, but then really when they said, "Hey, what if somebody did that to Obama?" I would have been out. I, I, what? Right. I'd have been. I would have thrown up. So I understand his family, you know, different people, you know, I didn't see it. So I didn't have to, you know what I mean? But the, you know, I I saw the blurred out um, thing. I, that was tough, man. That's effed up, man. That's fucked up. Like you went through, and that was the part they were making. Like you, you ordered this head, not you, you and this uh, artiste ordered this head, went through the whole blood thing. You got Mm. dressed, you put your makeup on, you held it, you held it through many shots you photo know it was, shoot. You, it's a photo shoot you know you yeah. do like 300 shots all this time to think about like you have a decap are you serious that's just gruesome mm-hmm. it was just gruesome and 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 i um and then when i saw her get on there and i'm getting death threats and blah, 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 blah. you just showed this man's death <laughs> like what are you talking about yeah you just Come on. You know, man up or not man up. That's not the definitely not the word I want to use. But um, come on. See, when you're female comics making mistakes like that, that's why black female comics are in demand. White female comics. You're fucking you're, up. We, you Keep know. on fucking up. Making more room for me. Right, Kathy. right. I'll be the D-lister. <laughs> nah. But no, I um, I'm glad that she showed. I think she said something like she was upset about the way she did it, but but still, like it was. I don't. I don't know if that apology was half cocked. Like I can't remember, mm-hmm. but I just remember not feeling 
sorry for her and just really like, you know, before I do something, hell, before I send a text out sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I, I send it to my sister first. Like, you didn't go through some checks and balances about, you didn't do a focus group maybe even? Yeah, she needs a consultant. Well, thanks for hanging out with me today. This Uh, was cool. You know, this was an intense. um, This is fucking crazy. (laughs) I fucking cried and shit. We're talking off fierce and deep. It's oh my god. We went everywhere with it. It really was. Normally on these podcasts, I'm like hilarious and cracking up. Well, that's why I like. That's why I created this podcast because I wanted to actually interview people and actually learn about them and how they got to where they are. And be a little more inspired. A lot of podcasts, especially with a comedian host, is all just jokey, jokey, mm-hmm. and they're just rambling about whatever. But I, that's why I prepare interviews. Like I want these to be quality kind of documentations mm-hmm. of these people I'm interviewing. So I hope I was helpful. You were amazing. Together, wasn't? Yeah. 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 It's so funny. Like it's. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> what? Because I'll say some shit, and then I'm like, I'm not as bold as I used to be because now my kids are older, and I'm always <laughs> like, they're gonna fucking hear this shit. Like before, when they were like two or three, I was just like, that was Def Jam times. I'm like, yeah, stick it in the ass. Now it's on YouTube forever. Right? And I'm like, oh, my son follows me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm trying to, you know, get that Motsi back in that way. Have they ever approached you about like, Mom, why'd you do that? No. Or, no. No. I told them early on. And I'm sure at this point my son has watched the Def Jam. Like, it's when I, I did show it to them, but I put it on mute just mm-hmm. so they could see me perform. You know, it was funny, but they that that's how we had to do it. <laughs> so at this point, I'm sure my son has looked it up or something. Um, but it's, it's it's difficult for me too because like he does rap sometimes, you know what I mean. So I'm on SoundCloud, and, and before where he didn't curse at all. I guess now that he's over 18, he's like, "Yeah, the ladies love me. They trying to fuck me." I'm like, "What? Whoa, hey. whoa, sir! <laughs> Hold on there, brother. Hold on, buddy." So um, I guess as much as I cringe, he cringes too. Now it's his turn, I guess. Ah! Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well, a, a question I always ask the comedians on here is a. Uh, we always talk about people's success and failures, but mm-hmm. with a comedian being booed on stage is certainly a failure most of us go through. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you have an epic story of getting booed on stage or just a f- bomb you'll never forget that scars you forever? Mm-mm. I don't have, like, no. I- <laughs> <laughs> no, not no, me. Mm, not this girl. I have definitely, no, well, not, not, I definitely have not had a bomb that scarred me forever. I've definitely bombed and not got booed. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like where you're sitting there and you feel, you feel it in your chest. Like, I want to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You know, you, you know what I mean? Everybody's being kind to give you the kind eyes, but you know damn well that sucked ass and you need to do better. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like you feel it in your soul. So I've definitely dealt with that before where it's like, you know what I mean? But I've only had two boos that I can recall and both of them I don't I don't I don't receive them I don't accept them Mm. Um, I'll I'll tell you briefly Mm -hmm. I was at I was here in Atlanta Um, Big Sean used to host the ice something the the cold something I can't remember anyway um, I can't remember what it was called but anyway it was notorious for being you know crazy in there you know it was always packed and you know everybody was always getting booed I mean even like vets it didn't matter like (laughs) you know everybody was getting booed in that place and um, I remember going, it was like one of my first time maybe, and I was doing good. Everything was going just fine. I was making it through and I wasn't planning on staying up there long. So I was like, you're getting through it. You're almost done. I was telling probably my little finale joke and the mic goes out. Mm. And that's when everybody, they're like, you know, boo- I accepted as they booed the mic. They didn't boo me. Okay. They were booing the mic situation. And when it came back on, I finished the joke. I got the hell out of there. But there were some aficionado boos. There were some <laughs> definitely some <laughs> boos happening. I just don't receive them. I think they was booing the mic. That's yeah. the one. Okay. The other one was, 
okay, this did affect me. You know what? You're right. It did fucking affect me. Um, I got a call to do uh, a show for Mike with Mike Epps. And um, I had done a few with him, you know, just in clubs, a theater date or something like that. And when I got the call, they said, well, make sure you bring a dress kind of like Rat Packy. And okay, fine, whatever, you know, um, but they didn't, that's all they said. And so I was like, okay. And so we were going uh, about an hour before the show, some of the other comics were talking and they started mentioning that it, this is being filmed by Cold Black and it's all this other, you know what I mean? Like it, uh, it's a recording, there's going to be celebrities in the audience and all this different stuff. Oh. And I'm just like, what? Like, I thought this was just a theater date. What yeah. are you doing? You know what I mean? And so. I find out an hour before the show that this is going to be filmed. You know what I'm saying? And even now, it's in Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Is this the Club Nokia Yeah, this is Club show. Nokia yeah. show. It's come on Showtime, Comedy Central, yeah. it's in Walmart. And I had no idea that it was going to do any of that. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, I ain't going to say which manager I had at that time, but he did not tell me. And wow. so, yeah, weird shit happens yeah. in this business. So I'm the only girl. And um, there was some other real girl shit that had happened during that time. Because I kept being like, it's cool. You, you're a G. You can do this. And um, I remember being in my dressing room telling myself, you don't need a manager, you don't need nobody here. You can do this, you can do this. But the truth of the matter is you do need people. You need a team, you know what I'm saying? You need people around you that are going to get some things off your mind that um, that are going to um, be there to support you. Hell, I'm back there talking about what I don't need. And the, um, I started crying because I couldn't even zip up my dress. Oh, man. I'm like, you talking all this shit <laughs> and you can't even zip your own dress up. And I had to peek my head out the window, out the door, and it was a, um, a lady photographer. And I, I ushered her over and um, she gave me a big hug and was like, girl, I go through this all the time. I'm in a male dominated field, too. And I'm usually the only girl. And I had to think of it. She is. You know what I mean? And um, it was just one of those moments where I was like, you do need people, you know, You're right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. I play such a tough ass on TV and um, I'm here on your podcast being very sensitive, <laughs> which I think sometimes people need to hear. Um, Absolutely. The uh, boo came, though, because um, I wasn't really prepared. I wasn't. I didn't, and I had only been on, I had did Def Jam and I didn't seek counsel. And I think that you should seek counsel. I thought that I should do all new jokes. They heard those on Def Jam. Oh. You're supposed to do all new jokes. Oh. But they weren't all the way done. Right. You, you know what I mean? Right, they right, weren't right. at their prime, you know? And I'm fucking out here doing these new jokes and they're going. But in my heart, it's another one of those ones. Like, and people are laughing. Of course, we're harder on ourselves, you know what I'm of saying, course. than others. So people are laughing, they're enjoying themselves. But it came apart. And to my own responsibility, I will say, if I was just hammering those goddamn jokes out the way I should have, this person wouldn't have had any room to do or say anything. The backstory is when they were passing out those tours, the tickets and stuff for Club Nokia, they were billing it like a Mike Epps show. They weren't really saying like he's hosting and it's, you know, it's all these other people that are going to be on it. So as people are coming in, they're thinking we're finna freaking see Mike Epps. Right. And you're coming in, you're seeing not Mike Epps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you're like, what the fuck? Who is this? What the fuck is going on? You know, and as we're walking through the crowd, we can hear it. We know what's going on, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. So in one of those moments, um, um, I'm doing the setup to a joke, you know, or whatever. And I can hear in the back this faint, like, boo, you know, and, and, and nobody else is responding, but I know what the fuck I hear. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And so I said, let me get on top of this before, <laughs> before it gets big, you know, before it starts to spread. And I was like, I know you're not back there, booing. Because I was like, if your dick was as big as your mouth was, then there'd be a bitch back, <laughs> with you, back there with you. Um, that was a bad, that was the boo that I'll never forget. 
um, for many reasons because it was um, some learning lessons. One, I was like, I'm on fucking national TV. I'm going to be on, you know, this is going to be all over the country and you have the freaking audacity to boo me. And I think I went off on him for a few minutes. It was my saving grace. Thank God. So that was the best boo I probably could have ever had, yeah. you know, because honestly, I wasn't prepared. I didn't even know how I was going to close that motherfucker. Like, Jeez. like it was. <laughs> and now it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you watch it, it's like, OK, you know, she's not bad. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. it did teach me from then on out. Always have a set ready. You know what I mean? Like, always have a TV set ready. And I did find out later that, yes, at least tell one or two jokes that people are familiar with. You're not a household name yet. You know what I mean? So people saw you for eight minutes on Def Jam. And how many other people? You know what I mean? So it's like, tell them something that's going to remind you of, oh, that's baby girl. You know what I'm saying? And then throw in the new stuff. So, you know, those were trial and errors, things I had to learn, you know, on the cuff. Um, But, yeah, that was a, 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 a bad and very good boo. Did the boo make the uh, taping? They oh, yeah. Had, they, it's oh, there. it's in there. Oh, no, no. That's why I told you. It, it, oh, it that, made thank, all of Yeah, it. I'm actually thankful to that dude. Thank you for booing me. Shit. Yeah. Brought that, <laughs> brought that motherfucker up. <laughs> Folks start standing up like, yeah, you said that shit. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I've always been like a, I don't bash men in my jokes. So that's why I, I don't like when men out, you know, say get funky with me. Because I'm always so kind to the men. When you are supportive of the men. Yeah. And like how much work and effort we put in. Well, you know, I got a random opportunity to be a baby daddy and I kind of got to feel by paying child support and doing all that. Uh Like, honestly, my son's father was acting like a baby mama, like doing the things that baby mamas do. Like, you know, moving and not telling me, not putting him on the plane when I give him a plane ticket, just being difficult. And eventually uh, my son's father did text me and tell me that he put me on child support out of spite. So the fact that you have this spite in your heart and all like that, it was just like I was dealing with somebody that was... You know, Man. and it was, I don't know. Anyway, but it just gave me the opportunity to kind of see what men go through. I remember one time he kept going at me so hard about something. I can't remember what it was, but I just felt like I didn't have any peace in my life. He would either wouldn't let, I, it wasn't that he wouldn't let me see my son, but it, it was just something very difficult going on. And I felt like he was pitting my son against me because he was acting funny. And I just was so pissed off. And he just kept hammering at me where in my mind, I said, you know what? You know what? Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck that baby. I will go and make another one look just like him. I don't give a fuck. Y'all ain't gonna ruin my goddamn life with this crazy bullshit. Like, I saw how a man can walk the fuck out. Right, 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 right. <laughs> fuck these kids. You know what I'm saying? Goddamn mama driving me fucking crazy. It was like, he was driving me fucking crazy. I'm like, fuck that kid, man. Keep him. Shit. You know what I'm so I Whoa. just have these moments where it was like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, and of course you knock that out your head. I never said it out loud. You know what I'm saying or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that I had that moment, I was like, damn, I see how these men be walking out or I see how, you know, one, because if you're not strong enough to be like, no, you don't, you're, you be responsible for what you put here on this earth. You know, if you're going to be a cop out kind of person, you know what I mean? That's it. I can see where you get there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or whatever. So just, I got the opportunity to kind of see things from a, um, a more of a male perspective, being the non-custodial parent. And so for men, and then I had a great dad, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have terrible men stories, you know what I mean? Like, I had a really great dad. Even the guys that I've dated in my life, they're not terrible people. You know what I'm saying? We just didn't work out. And I just feel like sometimes men are misunderstood. Y'all are jerk, jerks and dick holes and all that other crazy <laughs> stuff. Y'all really are assholes. But y'all are so I love sen- you too. I know, baby. But y'all are sensitive, man. Y'all are some emotional Absolutely. creatures, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I want to build you up. You know what I mean? That's the last thing I want to do is tear you down. Like if we don't get the job promotion, you know, you're going to still take care of us. Yeah, make you feel good so you get back out there, buddy. (laughs) Get back back out there and be somebody. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to it's do so this. It's my pleasure. Vanessa Praxis. Thank you for this extended one, too, but I know I overtalked you. No, I just, you know, I wanted to get it all. So oh, okay. before we get out of here, yes, is, sir? is there anything else you want the world to know? That you can find out everything about me on www.vanessafraction.com. And as we spoke before, you know, followers are king. So follow mm-hmm. me at Vanessa Fraction. My first name is Vanessa, like Huxtable or Del Rio, depending on how you were raised uh last name is fraction just like math multiplication or division but i'm a fraction vanessa fraction hashtag action fraction hashtag action fraction take action in your life to make things happen vanessa fraction thanks for being on hot breath thank you for having me love you joel i love you (laughs) oh my gosh i told you that would not disappoint i think this is the first these are the first official tears of hot breath so episode 88 We're doing great. I hope you found this episode moving and inspirational. If you did, please take a second. Just share it with a friend. Post it on your Facebook wall. The good thing about hosting on Audio Boom is that you can actually embed it onto Facebook. People can listen directly from there. Tell a coworker. Tell a friend. This really is not just for comedians. It's just for people who love to even just hear a good story. This was like an audio book almost. So many twists and turns and ups and downs. So... Thank you, Vanessa, for hanging out. Thank you, listeners, genuinely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for really investing in Hot Breath. Episode 88. We're almost to 100. It's unbelievable. Oh, man. What a time. But clearly, if you're still listening to this, you enjoyed this episode, I would love to have you come out to my show. I host a show every single Wednesday at Java Monkey, Indicator, Georgia, Free show, 8.30 p.m., you're out by 10. Some of the dopest comedians from Atlanta and around the country always come through to bless the stage, so I would appreciate you blessing the crowd. We're coming up on our six-year anniversary as well. It's so exciting. But if you just are like, just hearing this and like, I want to know more about you, Joel, on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com. Of course, on there you can find a link to um, my book that I wrote with Dr. Robert Joseph, the comics playbook. Anybody... Really, comedians out there, new or old, that just want to get organized and really generate funny material fast, we designed this just for you. So definitely go to comicsplaybook.com, pick you one up as well, or you just see me out in person. I'll have them on me. I'm selling them out the trunk like mixtapes. Hashtag, we made it. But this has been such a good time. You know, the book was, the cover was designed by Comedy Artwork. If you want some new designs, like I talked about with Vanessa, hit him up on social media at Comedy Artwork. He always takes care of the hot brotherhood and sisterhood. So shout out to Comedy Artwork. Shout out to you. Shout out to the world. We keep coming together. We're coming together. Hashtag gray power, as I say. But, you know, stay up, stay out, stay strong. All night long. Wait. I'm sorry. That wasn't sexual. That was just inspirational. Anyway, you know, my wife told me to be insert more personality into these. And now she's going to listen to this and be like, I think you're inserting too much personality into these. So, <laughs> oh, well, she's stuck now. Where's she going to go? We're we're tagged. We have rings on now, you know. Anyway, my precious. So, um, 
hey bay thanks for listening and now you're probably listening to this in traffic or at work shaking your head like i should have never said anything <laughs> but anyway i think i've said enough on this episode i'm gonna get out of here thank you guys so much for hanging out with me supporting the movement joel byers comedy hot breath podcast and you so thank you to my engineer Amon Garner, always keeping these episodes crystal clear. And of course, thank you to my wife. She actually designed and produced the theme song you hear every Monday and also has just just been the driving force. Anybody out there with a significant other that you have really discovered to be a whole new motivator and inspirator, congratulations to you. To those who haven't yet, keep looking. Keep shooking, but stop swiping. I didn't. I'm going to be a rapper too. But until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. A moment. <laughs> we did it. That was cool. I don't know that I've had one that intense. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and you are an excellent interviewer. Keep it up. You Thank have a you. future in it. Um, Thank you. You were very inviting. Like your eyes give you permission to, you know, whatever. Even when I know you might even know the story or know this and that, like you just have this way of making it fresh and new, you know, um, so that it makes it fresh and new for the listener. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have a lot of really good interviewer qualities. Wow. I and, and I love that. your investing in the, like you did some shit like when you be on an interview and you see people they're like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. catch Larry's off guard like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, like, mm, you know. I love that. that it's good. Hot breath.